done. It's a total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> uh, that was really bad. <laughs> Welcome to episode 37 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of December 2018, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is someone so terra, so terribly beautiful. Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. And feel free to DM us while you're there. Just slide into them. Slide into the DMs. Speaking. Speaking of the D... Uh, you're likely going to hear a lot more about the D, maybe some double Ds, and maybe even some DP. If you have no idea what any of that means, go ask your parents. <clears throat> this is your explicit content warning. So, Jonathan, I guess, wanted me to sing that intro, and I didn't... You did beautiful. I, I did not. You did beautifully. I, I, I didn't remember exactly how it went, so he looked it up on YouTube, and if you have never seen the music video... <laughs> Just, just, just do yourself a favor and watch it, and then you're just gonna get your mind blown. It's amazing. It's listen, the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Listen, listen. Total Eclipse of the Heart is a great song, and 1983 was a great fucking year. And how would you know? You weren't alive. Stop. All right. I've done my history research. <laughs> listen, there were fucking dancing ninjas in that video. <laughs> Who was the president in '83? Reagan. Reagan. That was yeah. It was a great year. (laughs) Great, great year for Reagan. It 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 was. It it was. You had you had dancing ninjas. You had shirtless football players. Apparently, yeah, yeah. And guys, boys just getting splashed, throwing water. It's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor. And then then some some boys in sunglasses and leather jackets looking cool, like from West Side Snorts. West Side Snorri and snapping <laughs> their fingers and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what 1983 was all about. There's nothing wrong with that with sunglasses and leather jackets. That's and snapping. Pretty much how I came out of the womb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so aside from the total eclipse of the heart music video, how are you doing, Patty? <laughs> I'm okay. I have to uh, give my rest in peace to Monster because uh, one of the medications that I'm on is raising my heart rate too high. So I can't have caffeine, and I, I'm I'm sad. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's a caffeine-free patty. That's so yeah. sad. Don't give up that nicotine, though. No, what, whatever no. you do, in order to balance out the caffeine-free, you have to have the nicotine full. Exactly. That's what you need. You yeah. need to add more. So listen, folks, if you're ever trying to detox from caffeine or just whatever the fuck, your answer to that is just have more nicotine. That's... That's always my solution to everything. Whichever way you get it, you know, cigarette, vaping, uh, snorting, the gums, snorting, injecting. No, don't, don't do that. Don't (laughs) do that. Snorting straight tobacco. Drug free is the way to be. Right, right. Eighties kids remember that one, just like they remember Total Eclipse of the Heart. See, we're bringing it. We're tying it all back. And Reagan, right? Eighties kids remember Reagan. Okay, uh, so I am really excited for this episode because we have a lot of great things to talk about. We also have some shitty things to talk about, but that's okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about all of it. Uh, so we're going to start off with Uncanny X-Men, 
Number three is the most recent one that we got. And in number two, we, we saw a couple of things uh, that were noteworthy. A couple. A couple. We saw, uh, we saw Madrox dupes sprouting up in Kansas. And also, we saw Beast sneaking off somewhere. What do you, what, like, I, that, so obviously that's going to come back somehow, but I'm wondering, like, what the fuck is he doing being sneaky? In the latest issue, uh, Uncanny number three, we see him coming back from someplace. We have no idea what the fuck he did. I don't well, know. What do clearly, you think he he's working for the enemy again. That's just the answer to everything. What, who, who's the enemy here? We don't know yet. We don't know. So he's working for <laughs> unknown enemy. We'll call them Soterra. <laughs> <laughs> that was so terrible. Uh, uh, huh. No, I don't know if we really know who the enemy is. I mean, at the end of the issue, well, whoever it is, Beast is working. For we them. see, you know, we see, we see the biblical versions of Magneto and you know Mega Red and Blob. Oh and my Angel. God, they were so hot. So maybe he's working for uh, Jesus. In, who's in charge of the Bible? Jesus. Jesus. There you go. Beast is working for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Beasts for Jesus, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but, uh, the, the, the big thing, though, is, is, uh, is Legion looking all fancy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, and I feel, I feel stupid for not, for not realizing that at first. You know, they show him kind of from the back walking up through all these, you know, mutant haters protesting in Central Park, and it's Legion. He's got his hair nice and down and long, and he's wearing, like, a fancy, you know, a fancy suit, like he's, you know, coming for a job interview or something. He just shows up at the mansion. But number three opens up with, with dinosaurs! That was awesome! Dinosaurs in Montana, but like, let's be real. What kind of damage can dinosaurs do in Montana? So, Everything's flat, and there are cows there. So I think that this was a Snapple fact, but <laughs> it's it's true that there are more cows in Montana than people. Are you serious? Yeah, that is an amazing. So Snapple I think fact. I think that's a true statement. Yes, um, I don't it. don't fact check me on no, it. Do not fact check. Don't fact check. Take Patty at face I'm, value. I'm right. Yes, Patty, okay. <laughs> Patty was right. Hashtag Patty was right. So uh, I don't want to see them, you know, killing cows. If it was like, if they were like only like, they only eat people, then okay, fine. But no, don't leave the cows alone. They didn't do anything. Well, there's no way to know, honestly, whether whether dinosaurs would eat cows. Because I don't think cows coexisted with dinosaurs. What was it like? You know, two thousand years ago, like right before the Bible happened, or something like that. That's when the dinosaurs were around, right? And uh, woolly mammoths weren't at the same time, right? No, that was different. It's... So, so I was gonna say, like, woolly mammoths are kind of like cows. So those are like the, yes. the prehistoric cows. Yes, uh, the cows are direct descendants of woolly mammoths. That's... Don't fact check us on that either. <laughs> But they look the same, so I think they're at least distant cousins. So I thought woolly mammoths were, you know, related to elephants, and then elephants... You know what? You might be right. Elephants were related to mice, and mice are related to rats. <laughs> so when we had two pet rats, yes, we basically had descendants of woolly mammoths. Right. That's dope. I mean, they're all... I'm proud what of do that. you call them? Quadpeds? They have four feet? Quadpeds? I don't know. There's like bipeds you Quadra walk on. Qu quadra, maybe? Quadruped? I don't know. But it just means you walk on four feet. So it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I failed. Again. I failed biology. Again, again, do not fact check any of this. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I'm going to like upload a picture of my high school transcript and me with my <laughs> D minus in biology. That's going to be the cover image for this episode. <laughs> Forget any X-Men comics. We're just going to have Patty's high school transcript. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, back to comic books somehow. Oh. Oh, and my favorite part about all of this was that 
Jean and her team went to to the dinosaur part and and <laughs> I you were gonna say dinosaur park <laughs> the dinosaur park um and bobby was like thanks for giving us the dinosaur assignment and gene was like that's because you're my favorite and i was like same that's cute and yeah then jubilee and her team were uh fighting the madroxes and she's like why didn't we get to fight the dinosaurs <laughs> bullshit yeah but you know honestly this this was weird to see all of them, like, fucking killing the multiple men, you know? I mean, Laura's fucking just, like, happy about it. Like, oh, they're just dupes, right? So we can just fucking, like, cut off their faces and shit. Like, I get that they're dupes, but it's still kind of weird for them to be like, yeah, let's just stab through and murder some people. So that was kind of weird and disturbing. In their defense, he was in the way. <laughs> he was in the way of Kansas's progression. Right. <laughs> yeah. So in the meantime, Legion is in New York City, and the only ones in the mansion are the students, and they're really iffy uh, about him being there, uh, rightfully so. But you know, when like the mutant haters start throwing like rocks and shit, they invite him inside, and uh, of course things are gonna fucking turn out bad. And so like we get a like some some of the story starts to make more sense in this issue. You know, we've been wondering why all these multiple men are running around acting like they're acting and why the fuck Legion is here all of a sudden. But it takes Gene and Psylocke to shut down all the the Jamies, and then suddenly Legion kind of snaps and is like, you uh like they just fucked it up basically. Legion had like taken all of his personalities and put them in the dupes and that's really fucking interesting but take them all out and all of those personalities are back in his head and then they figure out that madrox prime is fucking locked down and chained up in some sort of bunker uh underneath kansas nice. which is <laughs> really weird really <laughs> nice that's your response no i thought that this was really interesting but it's it, this was like reminiscent of i think it was astonishing X-Men that was happening where everybody was running around like, I know what's going to happen. We need to do this. Uh, and another person's like, no, that's no, we need to do this. And then every, but nobody, the people who know don't tell the people who don't know. So then the people who don't know fuck up their plans. <laughs> and that, that's, that's what's happening now. Are you talking about the Shadow King from, from Astonishing? I don't know. That book was stupid. I couldn't figure oh it out. Oh my god, stop it. Stop it. I loved it. So anyway, this this there were a couple of panels in particular that that were fucking wonderful. When they're all fighting the the Madroxes, fucking North Star gets like taken out. Kurt comes to rescue Jubilee and then he teleports back and he's like, "Don't think I forgot you, my little Canadian elf or something like that." When he grabs <laughs> North Star and that was really cute. And when fucking uh Bishop is helping the people, like, not get trampled by the dinosaurs. One of them has, like, a mutants go home sign or something. Bishop just picks it up and he's like, your sign, sir. That was just <laughs> fucking amazing. It was just so amazing. I just feel his rage. Uh, it was beautiful. But, you know, it's also... So this is upsetting, though, to see Legion all fucked up and attacking the the students. Like, obviously, they shouldn't have let him in, but... We don't know what his intention is. You know, you just kind of automatically assume that he's the bad guy. If he had all of these fucking dupes running around Kansas, we find out that he's like an amassing an army and he's trying to help. And you just kind of think that like, no, Legion is crazy. Like he's going to be the bad one here. And to be real, uh, Age of Apocalypse 
came out of something that Legion did. Yeah, but nobody remembers it. Age of X came out of... No, no, no. I'm not saying that they remember it. But I'm saying that, like, both Age of Apocalypse and Age of X, like, these alternate fucking things that happens, both came out of Legion. So you're looking at... I'm looking at this, and I'm like, man, this is just gonna be his fucking fault again somehow. Even though it's called the Age of X-Man, I'm like, it's gonna be Legion's fault. But then the X-Men get back to the mansion, and they immediately start trying to fight Legion, and... He's like, no, I'm trying to protect everyone from them. And then perfect timing. Who's them? It's Magneto, Angel, Blob, and Omega Red. And like I said, they're looking all fucking biblical and shit. But but was that before or after the dinosaurs? This is after the dinosaurs. Oh, okay. The Bible remember the Bible came after the dinosaurs. Okay. The Bible did not coexist with the dinosaurs. Jesus had about... something against the dinosaurs. Oh my god, I guess. can we can we somehow make that image? that I showed you of Sarah Palin riding the dinosaur mutant related so we can post it. Absolutely. We can post it. Are you kidding? (laughs) Are you kidding? Uh, I was taking an environmental biology class and my professor, like obviously he's an environmental bio professor. So, you know, he believes in the environment. Uh, (laughs) So he Googled something because he was talking about some sort of like museum or something. Yeah, it's where, like a fundamentalist museum or something. Yeah, where they believe that people and dinosaurs coexisted at the same time. <laughs> so he Googled it, and then and then I saw an image of Wolverine riding one of the dinosaurs from the Savage Land, and I was like, oh my god, click on images. Really? He clicked on images, and he found that image of Sarah Palin riding a dinosaur. Oh my god! And we all had a good laugh over it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sarah Palin supporters, <laughs> if you're. If you're <laughs> My my deepest apologies to Alaska and to Sarah Palin if she's listening and, to this, and <laughs> and apologies to any Sarah Palin supporters because you're clearly stupid. <laughs> I guess let's leave politics out of this and get back to the dinosaurs. Okay, fine. all right, fine. No, but so so these these new horsemen mentioned something about a master, and then of course, Daddy. <laughs> I just I just want. Them to just Daddy Master? No, yeah. That's a Master rap, that's Daddy. The, that's the rap name, Master Daddy, <laughs> Master Daddy Flex. <laughs> yeah, I just want like everybody's got these ominous names, like oh, the Supreme Leader or the Champion or the Master, or whatever. Just I just want one time, just Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a Puff Daddy. That's true. There, There is. I mean, he's not a comic book character, but, you know, I mean, he has acted like one sometimes. <laughs> but, okay, so... <laughs> so, okay, so, so they talk about some sort of master, and then Magneto is like the horseman of peace, and he has to put an end to those who create war, meaning the X-Men. So he blows up the mansion. So the mansion gets destroyed for, like, the second time this year alone. I, I liked this issue. It gave a clearer sense of what's going on and why. So I feel like... I feel like in order to have, like, consistent, good writing, we need to have three writers on an X-Men title at all times. Just like (laughs) Slipknot needs three drummers. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. That is the perfect comparison to make. But I I don't know. I mean, the action was great, even though it was dinosaurs and a thousand multiple men in Kansas. It It was a lot of fun. Um, the art was really solid. The pacing of the story has been good. I'm curious who this master is. Is it really going to be Nate Gray? Is he pulling the strings behind all of this? We got that, like, you know, creepy, shadowy figure in, like, the first issue, and it probably it, it looked like Nate Gray. 
I'm guessing just from, um, you know, just from the outline and the eye and like the hair length. The only thing is, is like when you see like the covers of what and the preview art of what's coming up, he literally does look like Jesus. He's got longer hair. <clears throat> he's got like the facial hair. So I don't know. My initial thought, though, was that Legion is going to be responsible for this, but I'm sure it's going to be Nate. And it also makes a little bit more sense to have like, you remember that bigoted senator chained up in some basement and Apocalypse chained and up in some place. Yeah. But like, so it makes sense that this is Nate Gray, I guess. I don't know. But why would Nate take Kitty? I don't know. Maybe he wants a pet cat. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, I feel like if this is all Nate Gray, I feel like I've seen him on a bunch of those, like, worst X-Men character lists and, like, stupidest characters and whatever. And, like, nobody takes him seriously. This This is kind of like if they made the master be uh fucking adam x oh my god that would be fucking dope (laughs) are you fucking kidding that would be amazing this would be the perfect way to reintroduce (laughs) nate gray and adam x into the marvel universe as badass mutant characters basically what you're saying nobody would take them seriously are you i would stop putting me down (laughs) nate gray is basically jesus and you're saying that adam x is god Listen, those are your words, not mine. I guess I guess that's the analogy that I'm trying to make. You're fucking batting a million at analogies today. Thank you. You really are. With that uncanny slipknot analogy, and now we have the biblical Nate Gray and Adam X analogy. It's fucking dope. I really the like daddy, this so far. The daddy, the son, and the holy kitty. The daddy, the daddy, the son, and the holy kitty. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. So it's like the father, and then, but just you change it from the father listen, to daddy. You don't have to explain it. Oh, okay. I understood. I thought you were confused. I understood. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. What do you think about this so far? <laughs> well, well, I mean, like I just said, I think it would be ridiculous if it was X Men who everybody was like freaking out about. But I mean. I guess that there are some people who know what's coming, like uh, Legion and uh, Jamie. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it is Nate, but oh man, I feel like that's just such a letdown. <laughs> it's literally called Age of X Man. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, Age of X Man is what's coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, I regret my decisions. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. Anyway, regardless of what happens, I do like how it's going so far. Uh, I'm not saying that it's going to end up being interesting or even any good, but the first three issues of Uncanny have been good, and I feel like the story is coming together a bit better now. And like I said, maybe it's because you have three writers on this whole thing that it's it's been good. But yeah, I'm also excited to see these particular four characters in these horsemen roles that are like peaceful horsemen allegedly you know what i mean like yeah, it's not what like what do they call themselves the the horsemen of so we've got the horsemen of life wellness bounty and peace and i am looking at this and i'm thinking that the horseman of life is angel because he was the horseman of death at one point so he's got to be life I'm thinking Omega Red is probably Wellness, because he's kind of the opposite of that normally. Uh, bounty, I'm, I'm assuming that to mean, like, what, like a bountiful meal? And, you know, blobs of fatty. I mean, come on, it's, it's right in the name. 
And uh, yeah, Magneto is... Uh, Magneto calls himself the Horseman of Peace. The Horseman of Peace. Yeah. I'd like to get me a, a piece of... Okay. A piece <laughs> of sense. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing more of them going forward. But if they want to prevent all the wars and the fighting and everything, why don't they just go after like the purifiers? They're the ones in the wrong. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fine. Just saying. Fine. All right. So moving on. Next, we're going to be talking about Return of Wolverine, number three. And I was pretty angry at this issue. I have not been a huge fan of this series so far. I know this is only the third issue. Uh, the first issue presented some interesting ideas, but I wasn't a huge fan of it, as even though I was kind of like curious to see what was going to happen. And so far, it's just been it's just been a really big fucking disappointment. Gene finds Logan. Just okay, perfect, easy. Uh, I guess when I guess when all those different teams and all those different mini series were running around the world, you know, trying to find clues as to where Logan's body went, Gene was just unavailable. He's like, no, sorry guys, I'm busy. I got a lot of appointments coming up, you know, hanging out with uh, shirtless fish guy under the fucking sea. So yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think it was because wasn't Wolverine like chained up and held against his will that they couldn't find him. That he didn't like register on any ganners or anything. Yeah, there was there was there was some kind of reason that we don't care about there, anymore. Yeah, right. There was some kind of reason that we don't care about anymore, and that's that's what I'm I'm getting at. That seems to be the fucking like theme of this is that like <laughs> it's like the people working on this book don't even care anymore. Persephone is watching and waiting for like Logan to run into the X Men. She she knows that the X Men are going to look for him and that they're going to run into each other. And one of her soldiers is just like, okay, so since they disobeyed us, like, how many X-Gene carriers should we kill for them not listening? And she goes, uh, none. We'll just let them think that I killed some. I'm like, what the fuck kind of villain are you? That's the stupidest, laziest thing I've ever heard. Just so there's no repercussions at all, just all of a sudden she doesn't care. In order to send the X-Men a message, she has her people, like, go around the globe killing these people and dumping them on the fucking doorstep of the X-Mansion, but all of a sudden she doesn't fucking care. And fucking uh, Logan and Anna, that fucking doctor that he's, like, running around with, they just casually walk into this fucking city with Soterra signs all over the place, and they hear like this ruckus and Logan is like, huh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check it out. And Anna's just like, yeah, sure. I'm going to wait here. So they're on this fucking dangerous ass mission, like right getting into the heart of like where the enemy is. And Logan's just like, yeah, I'm going to leave this defenseless lady on her own. And she's just like, yeah, sure. I'm fine. Like, it's just, it just, it made no fucking sense to me. It made no sense. Cause some guy turns and says like, Oh, the the soldiers and the X-Men are together or something. Like, what? He didn't stop to ask? Like, Logan didn't think to ask? Like, are you are you sure that they're, that they're working with each other? Like, what? This was just the laziest fucking writing. And the art, too. This really sucks, and it pains me to say it. I've never been a huge fan of Declan Shalvey's work. It's interesting. It's fine. But it was so lazy and so bad in this issue i thought that i had heard that like an artist switched or something now i'm lazy so i didn't look into <laughs> it but if it's if it's because he shelby was put on at like the last minute or was under like a tight deadline or something like again we saw this with bachalo recently like some of it can be forgiven but not only was the story here bad but the art was mostly bad too i just 
hated the artwork. I guess I didn't pick up on all the things that you did, and I'm glad that you pointed them out about how stupid the story was. Uh, <laughs> I know, that's usually your job. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, like, I'm hearing you talk about this, and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. And I read this, like, yesterday, 12 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, honestly, it was pretty fucking forgettable. When I, so I, oh, okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> no, because I read it. Um, and then, you know, I read I read a book a couple of times before we talk about it. Um, so I read it again. And, you know, this is when I was just kind of getting mad at it. Because we've had so much buildup to the return of Wolverine. And this just seemed like, listen, issue five, the final issue, might end up being awesome. But- oh, this is only five? I thought yeah. this was 12. I thought all the Wolverine series <laughs> were 12. <laughs> Aren't you? Isn't that good news, then, honey? You can make your day. It's not yeah. twelve. It's only five, um, unless unless Marvel gives us a surprise, and they've done that before. Like, hey, we're extending it from five to twelve issues, which is always possible. But anyway, the final issue of this may end up being cool. But as of right now, this story is is just awful. Just one of the only aspects that I do like is how we get to see like the inside of Logan's mind and how it's like these different aspects of him, like in cells. Like, they're, you know, in inside this. And you gotta, like, unlock it to, like, get him out. And, um, you know, in the first issue, we saw Cy- his memories of Cyclops and Storm and whatever in there. And I don't know. I think that's that's a really interesting and really neat way of, of doing things. And the one, the one part that I did really like about this issue, though, was his fight with Nightcrawler. I thought that that was dope. Um, you know, the X-Force Wolverine is discussing battle strategy with actual Logan um, about how to fight Kurt. And Kurt's own patterns, teleporting and fighting. And that was really cool to see. I really enjoyed that. But then, you know, Iceman just comes along and freezes him. And then that's when we let the Berserker out. And the Berserker is the one with the fucking flaming claws. Which, let's be real, that's just a fucking metaphor for butt plugs. (laughs) So, I mean, we might as well see Wolverine with just three butt plugs coming out of each fucking fist. I would love that. I would love that too. I would love that more than what we got here. Because him letting that that berserker out in his head caused his actual claws to start heating up, and he melted Iceman's ice. And that that's it. I think he could probably uh, get Bobby to calm down more with the butt plugs out of his hands. You know? Don't threaten me with a good time kind of thing. You know? You know what I'm saying? So... I, I want to like this story. I really do. I feel like when it comes to the X-Men, I always give them the benefit of the doubt over other things that I read. If I read an issue or two of something and I don't like it, it's just like, bye, I'm moving on. But because I love the X-Men so much, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I also want to see what happens. Plus, we can, you know, the two of us can sit here and discuss it and be critical about it. But I, I really started to lose my patience with this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think maybe they're, like, just trying to do too many things at the same time. And I feel like since, you know, they're they're going to be having this giant event, and that's why they had to, like, end a bunch of series and stuff, mm-hmm. like, if this is going to end up being rushed. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's being rushed. Like, Wolverine is back. Just, like, fucking get over it. Give him back to the X-Men. Yeah, it's kind of weird because we're also at the same time seeing Wolverine other places in the Marvel Universe seemingly kind of normal. We saw it months ago in, you know, that wedding issue. It's like he knew who Colossus and Shadowcat were. You know, he showed up on like that rooftop. 
Uh, he just showed up, I think it was uh, the latest two issues of Fantastic Four. Uh, he was helping the Fantastic Four fight, and Spider-Man even questioned him about it, And because I guess ed- editorial maybe can't keep it very straight. You know, it's like, oh, we can't really talk about it. They made some sort of dumb joke in, in the book about him not being able to talk about it. So, I don't know about it being rushed or not, I just feel like the writing here is really lazy. I just, I don't understand, I'm very confused. What are you what is that he's just showing up other places and he's fine. But yeah. but this is the same time and he's he's right. crazy and stupid and wearing chef clothes. <laughs> wearing chef clothes? Yeah, his his costume looks like a chef clothes. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. An apron? No, 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 no. The like the costume that they wear. The outfit. Chef hat. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 don't get what I'm saying. You you don't watch enough uh Food Network. <laughs> No, I don't like watching food. I like eating food, Patty. Right? I don't do. get why people watch people make food. You it's don't porn. get to eat it. It's food porn. And why people watch people play sports when you could just play sports yourself. Just go outside, play a sport. Right. Why watch people have sex when you can have sex yourself? Exactly. Just go, just fucking go have sex. Right. That's all you're doing. Yeah. Just why, do it. Why watch movies? Go be in a movie yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You kill two birds with one stone. You could be in a porn and in a movie at the same time, right? You're fucking multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have anything else to say about this? Nope. Just uh, Chef Wolverine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what he'll do since his memory sucks. He's gonna open up his own. And ro- he's got the heated claws, and he could just make shish kebabs. Yeah, le badger is what they'll le call. Le badger is what they'll fucking call the the restaurant. Yeah, anyway, I, I hope this gets better in the next couple of issues, because it really did start out with some promise. You know, we saw Persephone as a potential badass villain, and this is just, you know, kind of Marvel wanting to sell more books. So, you know, let's let's drag this out. Honestly, you thinking that it was 12 issues shouldn't have been that funny to me, <laughs> because it seems like an a- absolutely the thing for Marvel to do. But hopefully soon it'll it'll be over. And even I, I I suspected that Wolverine isn't going to immediately rejoin the X Men right away. I could be wrong, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit more later. But I just want him just fucking be done with it already. Just have him back. Have, right, just get over it. Yeah, just have the Marvel Universe know he's back, and then that's just it, and we can all fucking move on with our lives. Speaking of Wolverine, next we're talking about Dead Man Logan number one. Yay! Guess what? This is twelve issues. <laughs> It certainly is. So we just finished Old Man Logan, yeah. and at the end, he just fell on the snow, yeah. presumably to die. Right. And this this opens up from him being in the snow, and guess what? He's not fucking dead. But it's called Dead Man he Logan. He won't stay dead. He, but, he, but it's, Patty, it's called Dead Man Logan. Why would they call it Dead Man Logan he, if it opens up have, with him alive? They should have called it Dying Man Logan, they because have... he is dying. <laughs> Alive guy, Logan. Alive guy, Logan. I like living that. Living Logan. Uh, so living man, Logan. Living. <laughs> so Forge, Cecilia Reyes, and Glob find the body. Yeah. Like, what were they doing in the, in the looking for him? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> they were looking for him, and they found him. Oh, okay. That's, that's the start of our story. That's the premise. So <laughs> Cecilia does does some tests. Yeah, and. 
Logan's like, oh, listen, lady, I know I'm dying because the adamantium poisoning and then I took the Regenix. Mm-hmm. And I just tell him, just give it to me straight, Doc. <laughs> How long do I got? Yeah. And and what, what did she say? 12 months, bub. <gasps> That's perfect. You know why? That's perfect that he's got 12 months. It's 12 because issues. Because this is 12 issues over 12 months, Patty. Isn't that perfect? It's perfect. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like they thought this out in advance. But, but. <laughs> it's like when, Marvel planned this. When I saw <laughs> that it was 12 months, I was like, oh my God, a year in comic book time is like five years in real life. Mm-hmm. At least it's not, fi- at least it's not, it's not a 60 issue series <laughs> that we're getting one month over the course of five years. You know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I mean, like we're, we're almost done with old man Hawkeye. That was a 12 issue series. You know, that started almost a year ago. I can't fucking believe that. I've been enjoying that series. I really have. It addressed a lot of stuff from the Thunderbolts, and I fucking love the Thunderbolts, but that's something for another podcast. Like, as silly as this premise is, I I really enjoyed this issue. I don't I don't know. I didn't really know what I was expecting uh, to come from Dead Man Logan. I don't think my ex- expectations were, were too high. We kind of made fun of it when we initially got the news that this was happening, uh, how stupid it was. So my expectations were probably pretty low. It was a really nice surprise. This issue had a really, it set up this really potentially interesting story. And I like Ed Brisson as a writer. Uh, he did a really good job with the story and with the dialogue because a lot of this was funny too. Uh, Old Man Logan knows that he's dying and he still, like, he wants to go find Mysterio and make sure that what happens in his timeline will never actually happen in this timeline. So so that's great. That's the purpose of this story. Um, so he tears through this fucking villainous bar and Miss Sinister is there and sees that, you know, Logan is looking for Mysterio. So she goes and she actually finds Mysterio in a fucking psych ward. As Logan is looking for him, Hawkeye finds Logan. So then they go to the psych ward and, you know, there's a really funny dialogue about Hawkeye and him being hot guy and how the receptionist knew who Stingray was as an Avenger but didn't know who he was. I don't know. That was That was really funny. Um, no, I agree. And then Logan was like, okay, let's just try it my way. Because he was yeah. just saying, why don't we just climb through the fucking window? So <laughs> yeah. then that's what they ended up doing. Yeah. And uh, when they went inside and they were talking to the patients there, they said that some pale lady had already taken him. Yeah. So that was, now that's interesting. You know, Quentin Beck, like, had seemed to just give up the criminal life. Um, you know, fighting Spider-Man and Daredevil, and he was complaining how Deadpool embarrassed him, you know, in front of people. So he was, he was done for. But Miss Sinister was like, listen, this guy is coming for you, and he's, he's gonna kill you, so how about we get out of here, and then we can destroy the X-Men. And, uh, you know, it was dope seeing him back in his costume. The art in this issue, I thought, was great, too. The thing is, is now, because Logan is on this path, to make sure that what happened in his timeline never happens, he accidentally put Mysterio on the path to make it happen. So he essentially kind of fucked things up by trying to make sure that things were never going to get fucked up. And this is why you don't time travel, kids, because then everybody dies. Um, so, no, I really, I really liked it. I really liked Mysterio's reluctance to join up with Miss Sinister, because I'm not a huge fan of her anyway. 
Um, I thought it was interesting, though, that she brought him to see this Neo-Hydra group. So the Red Skull's daughter, Sin, is there. I hate that bitch. Um, and Crossbones is there. And so it's like, okay, so Sin is now going to put into action what her father in another timeline did. And so, yeah, so I guess she's going to try to put his, you know, his plan into action now. I'm, I'm really, I really like this issue. Again, like, we got, we got a bunch more to go. We got another fucking year of this. This may end up sucking. It may end up being stupid. But the first issue really fucking sold me on this whole thing. Whereas before, like, when we heard about it, it just seemed really silly. Um, I'm actively excited to see what happens. Except for Forge. Because Forge is a fucking moron. And it looks like he found um, the time travel machine and teleported himself to the wastelands. So what the fuck are we going to get now? Like, can he even get Dead back? Man Forge. Yeah, Forge Man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get a, a 12-part Old Man Forge series. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, like, his his superpower is, like, knowing how He's machines like, work. He's That's, like Donatello. He does machines. That's literally... <laughs> what his power is and he's just like this stupid kid who just walks into a room and sees the big red button that says do not push <laughs> and he's just like oh what's this do <laughs> that's the perfect analogy thank you I you're am, fucking you're I'm doing, nailing it you're nailing it today honestly i'm i'm most curious to see how the conversation between old man logan and mysterio goes seeing quentin beck initially being reluctant to do this makes me think that at some point he might realize throughout the story that he's in over his head, that he doesn't actually want all this to happen. He doesn't want, like, thousands of villains to come together to destroy the Earth and take over or whatever. And I just feel like it may end up with Logan and Mysterio having some sort of almost like a heart-to-heart talk uh, before Logan dies. I, cu- I could be wrong. It may sound silly, but... <clears throat> it does. I'm creative. My ideas are good. Don't put me down. Like, obviously, there's no way to know what's going to happen, but I could... I could see that happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just, like, a really <coughs> weird idea, and I can't really picture it. But I would think more along the lines of if Mysterio is, like, really apprehensive about getting back into the villain life mm-hmm. and all that stuff, that, like, the final showdown would be between Wolverine and Sinister. Yeah, maybe. That's going to have to be addressed at some point, I'm, I'm sure. But what happens when Old Man Logan takes out Miss Sinister. We got Sin and Crossbones and God knows what other villains are going to join up with this fucking like Neo-Hydra army now. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm just thinking like what's going to be the end game? There has to be some sort of resolution between Logan and Mysterio here. Even if I'm wrong, I may very well be. We'll, we'll have to look back a year from now to see how right I was. But I don't know. What did you think about this issue? I, I really liked it. I thought the art was great. Was it this issue, the one where Glob was jerking off? Stop. All right? Now, listen. I I would like to think... Listen, he was on Mutant Mingle. Uh-huh. I would like to think that Glob Herman is a good Christian boy and that he was just trying to find a date and that he was embarrassed that Forge would walk in and see him on a dating website. I do not want to believe that Glob Herman was not only masturbating, but that he was masturbating with the door open. (laughs) Are you saying that good Christian boys don't masturbate? So forget No Nut November. This is No Nut the rest of your life. No Nut never. No Nut never. (laughs) 
if you want to be a good boy don't don't touch your ding dong not even when not even in the shower to clean it you let that get ripe you don't touch that that's not for you well listen that's if you but if you don't clean it like that's disgusting listen what you what you do what you do is you get the bottle of soap and you hold it over Right, you hold it a couple of feet above your ding dong because that's what we're calling it now, <laughs> and you squirt some of the soap onto the ding dong, and then uh-huh. you just you wiggle it around <laughs> under the water. You can't just let that go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. It's got to right. get cleaned Hygiene at some point. Hygiene is important. Hygiene is important. So you just wiggle it around, and so it gets clean. So that's how you do it. And then uh, it was it was funny because Forge was like, you know, next time you want to do something private, maybe close the door. Yeah, really, really, fucking poor glob. I don't know. I again, I would really like to think that this this did not make it past editorial. That glob was actually masturbating, and I'm just I'm picturing Ed Brisson having the conversation with like Jordan D. White or something. No, no, no. He's he's not masturbating. He's just embarrassed because he's on a dating site. I don't know. Maybe I'll tweet at him and ask him. But that was a little that was a little much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Glob is pretty much naked all of the time. We don't see any, you know, Glob dong at any point. <laughs> I mean, what would him masturbating even look like? Maybe he tucks, <laughs> so he doesn't just have his his dick hanging out all the time. <laughs> but then, wouldn't you see like you know the tuck tape? Like, on his body Uh, down there? I don't know. I feel like he's got, like, a consistency of, like, one of the... Wax. hmm. Sort of like wax-ish. I'm just just assuming that the consistency of his body would allow him to tuck without using tape. You might be right. Do you think maybe, though, that it would stay there on its own? I think so, yeah. Because I'm also picturing him trying to hold it there, like, with his thighs and, like, walking weird. Yeah, like... Was that from Zack and Miri when... Was that? Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, no, that was from... Um, or that, that was from Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, so that was from uh, Clerks, what you're talking about. When Jay was... Um, when Jay, Jay and Silent Bob were listening yeah. to, to the uh, Silence of the Lambs song. Yeah, then Jay pulled his pants down. Yes. That was from... That scene was from Silence of the Lambs. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I do. From. Yeah, I, I, I remember that scene, but I was like, I've seen so many movies with him in it, I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> Okay, but I'm thinking that, like, you know, so they're standing still in those movies. If he tries to walk, isn't that sort of like jerking yourself off with, why am I asking you? You don't have a penis. Oh, I'm thinking like, oh, oh, that's what that guy was doing. Um, That kid from Big Mouth. Remember? What am I forgetting? He, uh, The kid with the eyebrows who was fucking pillows. Okay. And he was like... He was like, oh, I'm jerking myself off right now. And he was like just walking around with his dick between his legs. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Glob would be doing all the time. And then he would just be, you know, spurting his, you know, globby globs like all over the place behind him. I don't know if that's what's actually happening. I'll have to put more thought into this. Yeah, I don't know. We got to ask Ed Brisson uh, really is what it comes down to. Yeah. So enough about uh, enough about dead men. (laughs) Enough about dead men. Okay. Let's talk about some Astonishing Men. Yeah. So Astonishing X-Men number 17, the final issue of this, which is in a way sad, but in a way happy because... And also who ends on issue 17? That's just so weird. And I think that's um that's what they do. Like, initially when you get like a run of like an ongoing, it's six issues. And then if it if you get more than that, it goes to 11. And then after that, it's 17. I don't like that. <laughs> 
It has to be... Take note, Marvel. Patty does not approve. It has to be divisible by five or zero. Has to be divisible by five or zero? I mean... Yes. What you is know the, what I mean. What Ten. Is, what Ten. is divisible by I, zero? I, I, meant, <laughs> I meant it needs to end in a five or a zero. Not, oh, my God. How do we divide by zero? Uh, walk, me through uh, your, walk me through your patty mat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so last issue, the Reavers got their hands on some Sentinels, and it looked like the not-X-Men were dead. But the Reavers fly away, and it turns out that Dazzler made light duplicates of the team. And it's kind of funny because we were just mentioning that on a special episode, which you guys are going to hear in a couple of weeks, about how Dazzler could do that but does not do that often. So it's really interesting that she did that here. And Alex was like, since when can you do that? And she was like, I don't know. Yeah, It's just a thing that I can do. Now you know about it. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So thanks, Marvel. So that was cool. And then as the team, like, gets the fuck out of there, we see the new mutants in the background in some fucking window. You see Danny there? I don't remember. Oh, I must have missed that. I remember telling you about this a couple of weeks ago when Matthew Rosenberg tweeted, for those of you who were mad about the end of New Mutants Dead Souls number six, uh, I apologize in advance for Astonishing X-Men number 17. And so this is why. This is why. Oh, you told me when I was reading this that I should pay special attention to something, <laughs> and I forgot. Yeah, you could see them in the, in the fucking window in uh in the office of national emergency. You know, all fucking war locked up. So, like, what the what the is he doing this just to piss us off now? I, I don't know. Uh, this gave us no answers or, or really anything about the New Mutants' plight, except I don't know. Maybe they're being controlled by the office of national emergency, but. We haven't seen them anywhere else since. So hopefully that gets resolved somewhere. The Reavers decide to take the Sentinels to attack the school. So Alex takes the team to help. And it was, as much as I hate Greg Land's art though, it was still really cool to see Banshee tear right through one of the Sentinels. But then right after that, you see this this panel of Dazzler like, Hell yeah, Banshee! And she's like finger-fucking the air. It like looks like she's trying to make devil horns, but it's it's really like you know Greg Land traced that from like somebody about to be finger fucked is what I'm saying. <laughs> it was really upsetting. But then a reaver, and I think it was Skullbuster, hits Banshee with his nanotechnology, and Banshee starts freaking out. This was awesome. I loved all of this. He will not stop screaming. So Colossus tries to shut him up, like holds his hand over his mouth, and you can see it like vibrating until. Dazzler comes over and is like, no, let him go. And so Sean just starts screaming at Dazzler. And she's just absorbing all of that fucking energy. And she unleashes it on all the fucking Reavers and the Sentinels. And everything fucking gets destroyed. That was a dope page. Again, everybody everybody who listens should know my feelings on Greg Land. I've complained about him at length and the reasons why. I will give him credit begrudgingly where it's due. And I did like that one page of Allie just fucking destroying all the Sentinels. I thought that was really fucking dope. Yeah, I thought that was really awesome. I just, I was just like a little bit confused about like, okay, so, so he needed to scream these nanobots out of him. I don't, (laughs) I was just like, okay, he's done screaming and now he, and then he was just like, oh no, I'm okay now. And I'm like, okay. 
yeah, that was kind of weird. But Beast mentioned like how he couldn't even really explain it. You know how like this nanotechnology has like some sort of like power with like the death seed inside of Sean or something like that. Because even Beast said that he didn't know. He couldn't really explain it. And then when Beast was like, you know, I want to keep you under observation. Sean was like, no, I've had enough time living on ice. I'm going to go see if the wind will still have me or something. And he just screams and flies away. And I'm I'm not too happy about that, but I am glad to see Sean back to normal. Now it's going to be up to another writer to not forget that this happened. Kind of like with Siren, has just been in comic book limbo for a while now. Is that what's going to happen with Banshee too? Maybe the two of them will team up, Banshee and Siren, and we'll get them both back into mutant books again or something. I don't know. I just, it's it's fine when they leave some of these plot lines open. It just concerns me because who who is at Marvel is going to remember and who's going to forget? And what are they going to forget? I'm not going to remember. <clears throat> so it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, I liked the, the uh, conversation between Alex and Allie towards the end. You know, Alex is like, I worry we'll all break if we don't make jokes about this stuff. Better let everyone laugh at me. And Allie interrupts and is like, then end up like Scott. And Alex was like, I don't think he ever smiled towards the end. But Allie says, he'd be proud of you, Alex. And I don't know, I really liked that exchange. And then, like, the Office of National Emergency shows up and the team runs away. Except Allie tricked them. Uh, She made a light duplicate of Havoc on the plane. And really, it was that Alex surrendered himself in exchange for letting the rest of the X-Men go and not giving them any trouble. And that was the end of it. I don't know, it's sort of like he's like a martyr now too, sort of like Scott, but Scott was cooler. But I thought that this was I thought that this was nice of Alex. He got the X-Men out of any trouble. And you know, it sort of ends with uh with Warpath like I'd follow him wherever he leads, even though Warpath has been the guy like keeping his eyes on Alex the whole time. Like Alex just kept fucking up. I don't know, this was a really neat run of the book. It was it was a lot of fun. It was an interesting use of these characters, and I am sad to see it go because I loved as a whole Astonishing X-Men. This was like my least favorite series that was coming out. I mean, I liked when they put Dazzler on it. I did like being able to see Dazzler again. I feel like this series didn't finish. I know that, you know, obviously New Mutants ended up with a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. And this one just didn't feel (laughs) resolved. It just didn't feel like anything happens, that, like, nothing was significant. Uh, So, I don't know. Well, so I feel like the real significance out of this was, I think Banshee being returned to normal was not obviously the focus or the entire intention of this book, but I'm glad that that was sort of a byproduct of this. I feel like it was, I feel like it was sort of like Alex's atonement, because, you know, he, he went through that whole inversion, and so he was like evil for a while and so this saw you know in x-men blue like the effects of that got reversed and this was him trying to make up for that you know and like one of the first issues of this run he went to the mansion and was like trying to be a teacher to the students and they're like bro aren't weren't you just a fucking terrorist or something you know so i feel like that was that was it it was his atonement and in order to truly make up for that the the end was him being taken into custody and getting the rest of the x-men kind of off the hook 
Okay, so I guess that there was some significance, but it was only for Alex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was strictly for him. And also, like, I oh, Banshee, yeah, yeah. But also, I see what you're saying, though, because this leaves his fate like up in the air. So, like, what the fuck is going to happen with him now, if anything? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marvel's going to forget that there is another Summers brother out there. Right, it's going to forget that. Right, yeah, maybe he's, he's not going to show up in for a year and a half. <laughs> so. Was Astonishing's final issue dazzling, or did it wreak havoc with you? Did you enjoy Dead Man Logan number one, or was it a terrible sin? Don't scream like a banshee, folks. We'll be right back after a commercial break. Let's be real. Everything nowadays has a geekdom. And if you've ever felt like there's absolutely no single place on the internet big enough to contain them, then you'd be a fool. You know who's not a fool? Gritty. Geekade.com has tons of geekdoms covered. Harry Potter, Doctor Who, Mega Man, Pokemon, the WWE, and so much more. Gritty loves gravy, fighting children, and crashing weddings. He's beautiful and we are blessed to have him. If you're a fan of something geeky, you'll find it on Geekade.com. If there is a god, his name is Gritty. So head on over to Geekade.com today and tell us what's your geek. Ever think that you could be the one to save Wolverine and the X-Men? What kind of fucking saving does Wolverine need? He's got like 17 62-part series. You can, by following 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. There's Old Man Logan, Dead Man Logan, Muscle Man Logan, Hulk Hogan Logan, Game of Logans, Logan Brockovich, Bill and Logan's Bogus Journey. Just fucking stop already! 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men has X-Men news, artwork, and merchandise for sale. It's the Facebook page for X-Men fans. This is just another one of Canada's blatant attempts at taking over comic books, one hairy asshole at a time. Check out 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men today. Okay, so now for, for a little bit of news. So we're getting some more Wolverine series. Uh, I thought you were going to say we're getting more woolly mammoths. <laughs> we're getting more woolly mammoths. So we're getting a Wolverine Infinity Watch miniseries, and the uh, official synopsis goes, Last year, Logan Howlett, which which is nobody's name, by the way, <laughs> made a surprise return to the Marvel Universe, holding an Infinity Stone in the pages of Marvel Legacy number one. And next February, the cosmic mystery that started there will be unraveled in the all-new limited series Wolverine Infinity Watch. Writer Jerry Duggan and artist Andy McDonald present the answers you seek as Logan ventures out alongside everyone's favorite god of lies and stories, Loki Lafeson. What does it all mean? Duggan teases what to expect with one simple line. The new cosmic status quo will demand watching. So, so there you go. And then there's the, you know, the images of, you know, Wolverine's hand and the claws and the stones. Are you so excited? So is he going to be a watcher? Why? Why do we need this? Well, so... Did we... Did, I mean, okay, yeah, he showed up, he had an Infinity Stone. That yeah. was like a year ago. Everybody forgot about that. <laughs> we don't care what happened with that now. <laughs> so, I, so I think that possibly they're going to maybe keep Wolverine away from the X-Men for a bit, and this might be a way to do it. We'll talk about it in a, in a little bit. Like, obviously, Wolverine is going to have something to do with the X-Men when he officially, you know, returns after this return of Wolverine thing is over. But this might be a way for them to keep him separate from the X-Men. Why do they want to keep him separate? I don't... I don't know. Why do you think? I don't know. 
That's weird. I don't think that they're trying to, like, on purpose. Well, they're shooting him off into outer space, having him hang out with Loki, and there's the Infinity Stones. And... But is that is that, like, going to happen, but, like, at the same time, he's still going to show up in, like, Uncanny X-Men? Yeah, probably. Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. Is it's, the answer? It's Wolverine. He's gonna be he he'll show up saving the X Men. He's gonna be in outer space. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in the Avengers. Um, and dinosaur times. Yeah, and dinosaur times too. <laughs> right, and Bible times. <laughs> so is, is there's no issue count on this? I bet it's twelve. Five. Ah, <laughs> you were close. I was. I close. see you were close. <laughs> oh my god. All right, can we can we talk about what the next one and how stupid it is? You got nothing else to say about Wolverine I, Infinity Wars? No, I I don't it com- care. Listen, it combines two of your favorite things: <laughs> space stories and Wolverine miniseries. <laughs> oh my god! Uh. Okay, so fine. So next, <laughs> I can't. Next. We're getting Hulk Vereen. <laughs> no. At the same time, we're getting Wolverine Infinity Watch. This February, <laughs> so, so Marvel isn't just launching Wolverine into space, <laughs> but he's also going to be on Earth. Having a love child with Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this February, Marvel is bringing Wolverine and the Hulk together in a new miniseries titled Hulk Vereens. I hate it already. The series apparently sees Hulk and Wolverine teaming up to battle Weapon H, a monster created by scientists experimenting, experimenting with putting the powers of Wolverine and the Hulk into a single super soldier. The three-issue series, look honey, only three <laughs> issues this time, uh, will be written by Greg Pak, who introduced Weapon H in the pages of Weapon X, and has been writing the Weapon H ongoing series. Uh, and drawn by Weapon H artists, Ario Anindito, and... Oh my god, I don't know what this is. The last name is Villanova. I'm, I'm sorry to Guiu, or however Jewy? you say. Jewy? I don't know. That's that's very... Oh yeah, that that, that sounds mean. Jubaka? I don't know. <laughs> so, so, okay. So first, I want to say, like, obviously we don't talk about it on, on the podcast, because it's not really a mutant thing. But I've been enjoying the Weapon H ongoing series. I so I think we we covered a little bit of that storyline when it was coming out, and I thought it was interesting, but but dumb at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I figured I was just going to pick up the first issue of Weapon H, and it was going to be kind of dumb, over the top action, and I wasn't going to like it. And I've been surprised that I've been enjoying it so far. I think like issue number ten just came out. It's been a pretty good series. Uh, and I do think it's it- interesting that they're going to address this, you know, because Weapon H was is only made possible because of Wolverine's existence and because of the Hulk's existence. So it kind of makes sense to see the two of them going after this guy. But but yeah, it's another Wolverine <laughs> miniseries. And the title is so fucking stupid. I'm not uh, Wolverine. Uh, yeah. What, I, what would you call it? Uh, I I don't know. It's just so stupid. The, <laughs> Just the title just makes me want to kick somebody in the spleen. <laughs> like, oh man, uh, I I don't. We might we might have to talk about this one come February. I'm not buying it though. I'm gonna read yours. <laughs> I'm not spending money on Hulk Farines. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm legitimately not buying this series. Oh, that's so listen, sad. I even bought Cable when it was that fucking shit show that it was. <laughs> But this this is the one line I'm not going to cross. This is, a, this is where you draw the line. This is the, the line right here. Hulk Vereens. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I am kind of glad that this is being addressed. It might be interesting. You know, Greg Pak is a, is a decent writer. Uh, I just, you know, it's, it's, again, it's kind of dumb. We're getting a bunch of, we, we've already had so many, like, Wolverine miniseries. We're getting even more Wolverine miniseries. This is happening at the same time that he's going to be with Loki and the Infinity Stones. And they're just, you know, I mean, it's not like we've never they're seen They're just milking that titty. That Wolverine titty. <laughs> that Wolver titty. Maybe that's what they should have called it. Wolver titty. Wolver titty, right? Milking the Wolver titty. But, yeah, it, it ultimately is kind of dumb. Because, you know, like, next month, when the solicits come out of, like, March's books... Where we may be getting another bunch of Wolverine miniseries. I'm going to <laughs> shit. And then I'm going to mail it to Marvel. Please and... don't threaten something like that. <laughs> Patty is not actually going to poop and put it in an envelope and send it to Marvel. So if anybody from Marvel is listening, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Listen. If any poop shows up at your door, Marvel, it's not Patty's. Have it tested. Listen. <laughs> Uh, the, give the people what they want. The people want no more new Wolverine miniseries. <laughs> I can't follow up on all of his bizarre adventures. <laughs> Logan's bizarre adventures. Logan's bizarre adventures. Logo's bizarre adventures. Jim Jim Jam's bizarre adventures. <laughs> Jim Jam. <laughs> Where the fuck do you get his, Jim Jam? His name from? is James. Uh huh. So so Jimmy Jammy is like a it's like a nickname for James. <laughs> oh my god oh my god i don't know what to do with that i don't know if that's going to be the title or the subtitle or what that's going to be but that, that's got to go somewhere that's got to go somewhere official on the internet <laughs> all right all right moving on so uh so it looks like we're getting we're getting some sort of cyclops back the solicit for this how is that like Marvel teases Wolverine and Cyclops are the last X-Men for issue uh, for issue number 12 of Uncanny X-Men. I guess they're going to have to repopulate the Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Little Scotty Slim and Jim Jam repopulating <laughs> the Earth. Scotty Slims and Jimmy Jam. All right. Yeah, Slim Jim. <laughs> Slim Jim. Oh, my God. What is happening right now? How are you doing this without caffeine? <laughs> what the fuck? So anyway, it says uh, things are looking pretty bleak for the X-Men in 2019. Following the events of the X-Men disassembled storyline, the team's ranks will shrink dramatically. In fact, Marvel's teaser for Uncanny X-Men number 12 teases that Wolverine and Cyclops will be the last X-Men. So what I'm thinking about this, how this is all going to uh, work out, is that, so, I guess the X-Men are going to be affected by whatever happens in Age of X-Men. A lot of things look like they're being changed, because, like, there's there's already been the solicits for all these different Age of X-Men titles, so it's like some sort of reality warp again. So I'm thinking that Wolverine is not going to be affected by this reality warp. Uh, Scott isn't going to be affected by this reality warp. We don't even know how he's returning it or how that's going to work out. But so the two of them may not be affected by this. And so they're the ones who are going to have to save the X-Men from Nate Gray or whoever's really behind what the fuck is going on. That's what I think is going to happen. What do you think? It's like 
It's gonna be like a like a gritty team up book. <laughs> what? How does gritty fit in all this? <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about gritty all the time. No, uh, <laughs> it's just gonna be like a what? What are they calling it? A buddy cop book. Yeah. So yeah, with the Iceman and Bishop. So that's just, they're just gonna be you know they're gonna have their schism between them. They already had their schism. I know, but this is schism part two. <laughs> they're they're gonna get divorced. They're gonna go to divorce court. <laughs> What? They're gonna get a couple's therapy to try and save the X Men. <laughs> Before they save the X Men, they have to save themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I liked uh, I like Slim Jim better, but but that that's fine. So yeah, no, I really think that you know the two of them aren't going to be affected by whatever's happening, and that they're going to end up having to save the X Men. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess. You know, it's going to kind of show that they had their schism and that they can work together now. I don't know if Logan is going to have all of his memories back at that point. But how is he going to help Cyclops if he's in space? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'll be one of those trips back down. <laughs> one of those three trips back down for when he's partnering with the Hulk Vereen. <laughs> you know, he's got to make at least three trips back to Earth, right? So maybe, you know, he'll he's going to work part-time with the Hulk, and then the other part of the part-time, he's going to work with Cyclops. Okay. And then on the weekends, he'll go back up into outer space with the stones. Okay. So, yeah, that's how that'll work. I don't know. I guess that's how they're going to, you know, kind of kind of bring the two of them back together. And then I don't know if they're going to stick with the X-Men after that. Logan is going to be a pretty busy guy, uh, considering his <laughs> schedule coming up. Uh, we don't even know how or why or what or who this Scott Summers is, if this is indeed the 616 version. I thought it was how confirmed is... that it was our Scott. Yeah, but, like, how is he coming? Like, they haven't addressed I, this You much. know what? I want him to just show up in the last issue of Disassembled and just on the last page and just him just like walking into the room and just being like, yo, Uh and then that's it. That's just it. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want to, no, I don't want an explanation. I just, (laughs) I just want him to be like, hey, what's up? Miss me? (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's fine. And then they'll be like, what happened to you? And he'll be like, I don't, I don't remember. I was dead. You're right. You love when they don't address things. I do. Right. Hence all of the Wolverine that we're about to get. You love when things like that happen. <laughs> I clearly. do. Uh, all right. So so next thing that we're talking about is this whole Age of X-Men thing, this reality warp. Uh... It's kind of like uh, Age of Apocalypse in how like the titles were getting changed to something else. But it's not. they're not uh, four-issue miniseries. They're five-issue miniseries. Well, at least they're not 12-issue miniseries, true. right? So there's there's a bunch. Um, I mean, most of you have probably seen them all already. There's a couple in particular that I am excited about. Number one is Next Gen. Ed Brisson is writing it. And so we see all the students on the cover. Chris Pichalo has got this. You know, there's Rock Slide. There's what looks like Eva Bell. There's Glob, Maggot. Shark Girl. Yeah, Shark Girl. Some chickens. Some chickens. Gold Balls. Anal. Yeah, so I'm really excited for this. Really fucking excited for this. To see, you know, these students get some focus in this book. You know, even in the last issue of Uncanny, and all the issues of Uncanny, the students have been voicing their displeasure of their treatment. So how is this going to work? What's going to happen here? I don't know. But uh, but Maggot's there for for, Great. for no reason. Cool. Next Gen looks cool. That's, that sounds like the one that I'll like. We're getting Amazing Nightcrawler. Oh, okay. So that's going to be like the just X-Man 
miniseries that they had going on at the time of Age of X-Men. Maybe. Age of Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, We've got The Extremists. Leah Williams is writing this one, so that's cool. I think think this character is new. That looks like the blob there. Yeah. which Which is interesting. We're also getting Prisoner X. So that's... Bishop, Polaris... Beast? Maybe Beast. that's... Is that Moonstar? I don't know. And we're getting Apocalypse and the Extracts? This one Oh, yeah, looking. I saw this one. Yeah, okay. So this is interesting. But the one that I'm really looking forward to, outside of that, the, uh, the one focusing on the students, is this one, The Marvelous X-Men. Simply because Nature Girl is right in there. With the little the fucking flowers <laughs> on her head. This, I fucking love this so much. And there's your, uh, there's your, your Jesus Gray right there. <laughs> Jesus Gray. Jesus Gray and, and his mother, Jean. Aw, uh, <laughs> I love her. But I hate what they did with Laura's hair. Yeah, I'm not uh, really She got, like, either. the same haircut as Carol Danvers. And, like, yeah. can we just, can we just not? Her hair looks terrible like that. I hope that, that grows back. Well, it might just be because of... Uh, mm-hmm. Alternate universe. Well, also just because of Noto's artwork. I mean, I like Phil Noto. I know you do too. But maybe just the image of her on this cover doesn't make it look flattering. Maybe in the book it'll look a little nicer. I don't know. I mean, Aurora doesn't have any hair either. Yeah, so. Aurora doesn't have doesn't even have any hair. And, and oh, cool. and Colossus is missing a hand. Uh, yeah. So no, I'm excited about this one too, but solely because of Nature Girl, just because I love her so much, and I think this drawing of her is fucking gorgeous. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But again, this is this the scope of this seems to be like Age of Apocalypse. So I don't know, maybe it'll be good, maybe not. But I'm I'm excited for at least a couple of these books. And last thing we're going to talk about is The Gifted because that's still going on, and we are still watching it. It is. Interesting to see how that new character, Rebecca, has turned out. She's she's cool. She's very cute. But now we kind of see that she is a complete fucking psycho. Although part of me does not want to blame her for what she did in the in the bank. When they went in and, and robbed the bank of those, you know, like hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever, the inner circle went in. And they had all the employees, like, uh, held in this one room and they're about to leave because the cops are going to come. One of them goes off on the inner circle, and Rebecca's like, I'm not standing for that. But she doesn't just kill that one guy. She fucking, like, she destroys everybody in that room. Yeah, so I thought she was just going to kill that guy, and I wouldn't have had a problem with that, honestly. Yeah, same. But when I, when she did that, I was just like, oh, God, like, you know, the what they were doing in the inner circle was good. Um, you know, they were just <laughs> going about it differently. And now, like, this fucked it up. This is like, you know, them killing Robert Kennedy. Robert. Robert <laughs> <What>? Kelly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, I, I Like, agree. it's going to spark, like, huge backlash. Yeah. This reminded me kind of uh, of Reservoir Dogs, where, you know, it was going to be like a simple bank heist. But then Mr. Blonde had to fucking start gunning down everybody in the bank and that that fucked everything up it's kind of like that you know you have the one psycho in the group that ruins it for everybody and that kind of stinks because they introduce her and you feel for her how she was you know basically kept a prisoner in that fucking psych hospital and then you know they finally they break her out and she's all kinds of messed up and won't even talk and then you know andy's the one who kind of gets through to her so it's like oh teenagers are gonna be this cute little couple and they're also gonna fucking take it to the man and then she 
does this. And that really kind of stinks. So I don't I don't know what's going to happen to her now. She had this brief interaction with Thunderbird and Blink when they were trying to track her down. And I kind of feel bad for them because I love Thunderbird, period. And I do love him in this show, but they're at like a huge disadvantage right now. They don't have... They don't have the numbers and they, they, you know, can't really take it to the inner circle right now. They don't really know what to do. And Blink has even mentioned that to him. So like they're just not doing well in their relationship either. It's like going really bad. It is. And yeah, so I know that they don't really have the means right now because even the mutant undergrounds in the other cities won't support them. (laughs) <laughs> so Blink has been, you know, saying like, oh, well, the Morlax, the Morlax has solution to everything. Yeah. And then we got this thing going on with the dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he can't control his powers and they took him to this lab. And it turns out that the lady doctor is the one who treated him when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And she is the sister of the guy who founded the purifiers. But but don't worry, because she wants to do good things. <laughs> She just wants to help your dad. And also, maybe this this uh, shot that will help your dad will cure the uh, the X gene. So so here's the thing. So this is sort of sort of like a, a plot line out of X-Men The Last Stand, but it was a little bit more brash in that movie and also done very poorly. I think it is something interesting to address, and I was curious to see how it was going to work here. Uh, it's initially introduced as a very helpful thing. You know, that one kid can't help, like, his, his like, sound-producing power, and it, like, breaks things. But, like, having this implant helps him keep it under control. So, in that way, I see it as kind of useful. Because when you really think about mutant powers, all we usually see are these fancy, frilly things, or these super destructive things and villains. Right. Like, how about the person who, you know... Jazz. Who just has blue skin. (laughs) Jazz who just has blue skin, but not just that, but like something really awful that's just out of control. Like beyond Cyclops' inability to control his eye beam, something even worse than that. How do you kind of navigate curing somebody like that? Or is that crossing the line and we cure, you know, we're going to weaponize it and cure all mutants? And that's what they kind of did in The Last Stand. It was like, okay, this seems like a good thing for mutants who want it. But somebody's going to weaponize it. It's going to get in the wrong hands. And I hope that's not the predictable, already used route that this show goes. Yeah, that's, kind of, that's kind of how I felt that it was going to go. I wasn't concerned about, like, like, oh, is it ethical or not? I was just like, are they going to weaponize it? Because yeah. somebody is going to weaponize yeah. it. In, in the, in, I mean, if you see that school, it's gigantic. You know, they can make a shitload of money selling this you know, solution to anybody yeah. and, you know, peddle it as like a cure. And really they can just, uh, you know, try wiping out the X gene and they, they could. Yeah. So it does raise some interesting ethical questions. And again, X-Men The Last Stand was not a very good movie and didn't do a very good job with this whole storyline. And I think the gifted has a better chance of making this decent. The show as a whole is a decent show and it's got some really strong, you know, it's got some really strong uh, subplots going on in it, so I already have more faith in the show doing it. I'm just honestly kind of glad that this that something is being resolved with this family because I've been feeling like the Struckers are the weakest part 
of the show, especially in this season with them all upset over Andy going to the inner circle and now Reed and his powers. So, you know, and now fucking, um, the daughter is like interested in the fucking guy who's talking about a cure now and bleh, whatever. I just want to see something being resolved with them. But I, I've been loving the focus that we've been getting on Polaris and her past and her relationship, well, or lack thereof, with her real dad, Magneto. Yeah, I love that too. And that's how they ended the episode where she had this just like piece of metal that Magneto had like turned into like his logo yeah and she just like pulled it apart and stretched it and made it into that headband yeah. that she wore with her costume oh, so i thought so that was cool. awesome that was her character has been has been great on this show and again like those flashbacks that we were getting were really cool i again i feel really bad for eclipse though i really do feel bad for him. I understand where Polaris is coming from. Yeah, she didn't even tell him where the baby was going. She said Switzerland, <laughs> yeah. but she gave it to her aunt. Her, oh, I thought that. Well, I was gonna say mom because like she raised her. Yeah, so. I get you. I get you. Yeah, but then you know she did the same thing that her dad did to her, and now she understands it. But poor fucking Marcos, you know, doesn't know where his baby is. Barely got to spend any time with Dawn before she got taken away i'm sure that's not the last we're gonna see of the baby or their relationship but honestly i just feel so bad for the guy they haven't given him a whole lot other than like his relationship with his newborn daughter and it's just been like a painful thing because polaris has been keeping the baby in the inner circle and now that's not safe anymore so what the fuck you know marcos is actually wants to be a good dad because he knows what it's like to have a shitty one, and he can't. So that aspect of the show is is kind of sad, because he really is a good guy. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought that was just really sad. I mean, I hope that they do something where they can get this girl somewhere where, you know, Marcos can see her. Yeah. Because he's only gotten to see her twice. <laughs> yeah, really. And when Lorna brought Dawn to see Marcos before she took her away... And, you know, Marcos was holding her and singing to her. And then Polaris just kept going like, come on, it's time to go. It's time to go. And I'm like, why Why now? Why like five minutes? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's really sad that that whole that whole thing. I don't know. I wonder if they're ever, you know, I don't know how long this show is going to continue. How many times it's going to be renewed for more seasons. But I wonder if they're ever going to get sort of back together or how that's going to work out um but i will say though that the cuckoos are probably still like my favorite or at least one oh, yeah. of my favorite parts of the show i think it's interesting to see how esme is a different one and like the more caring one out of the three of them you know because she was like the evil he, she was really like the evil one in the comic book so now she's the one who's like you know sympathetic to polaris and her plight I thought it was cool how the other two, you know, took control of that one douchebag in the bank and made him, like, admit about all that, like, anti-mutant bullshit that the bank was involved in when they were holding it up. They're they're just such an awesome part of the show. And it's also really cool that they, it was shown that they were originally five. That there were originally five of them and that they were clones of somebody. Well, who could they be clones of? I don't know. Are they ever going to address that? That would be pretty dope. Are they ever going to say the word Magneto? <laughs> Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> fine. These are just things that they can allude to. Okay, fine. Thank you. 
All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com and One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What do you think of Rebecca and the Gifted? How do you think Marvel is going to explain Scott's return? Join us next week with the first of a two-part special for December, and join us again in two weeks when we'll be discussing some new comics and some of our favorite X-Men moments of 2018. Until then... Little Canadian elves were right. Woo.